0: Hello and welcome to FinTech Impact. I'm your host Jason Pereira. Today on the show, I invited back Taya Nicola of Wealth Bar and Powell Breszminski of Snap Projections. Recently, Snap was acquired by Wealth Bar, and prior to that, Wealth Bar was acquired by CI Investments. So I thought I'd bring them both back on to discuss the merger and or the acquisition and see what the future holds for these two. And here's my interview with Taya and Powell. Taya Powell, good to have you on.
1: Thanks for having me. Oh, my
0: pleasure.
2: And thanks for having us, well.
0: Thanks for taking the time. So uh, you've both been on before, so you know the routine, but we're going to go through it again. So uh, we'll go with Taya first. Taya Nicola of uh, CEO Wealthbar, tell us about Wealthbar.
1: Yeah, so Wealthbar is uh, one of Canada's first robo-advisors. We do everything that uh, your traditional advisor can do, but we do it all online for a lower cost and, uh, you know, we have a modern uh, mobile app and and a pretty spiffy dashboard. And uh, yeah, so that's Wealthbar.com. And
0: Powell Brzezminski, I got that right, right? <laughs> that's perfect, okay,
2: perfect. <laughs> much better than most.
0: Yeah. Al <laughs> yes, that's CEO of Protections. Go
2: for it. Wonderful, so our value proposition hasn't really evolved much uh, in the last five years. Uh, financial planning uh, platform, we help financial advisors ensure their clients won't run, run out of money in retirement by providing a robust, easy-to-use, customizable, and transparent financial planning platform.
0: Okay, so you've both been on, so the obvious reason you guys are on is you decided to get hitched. Second, <laughs> I'm not <laughs> going to be back, call myself a matchmaker, but you're the, you're the second pair of guests who decided to get hitched, so glad to hear it. And for the record, Powell, in case you're wondering, Powell kept this very quiet, because when I asked him point-blank, if anyone had made overtures about buying him out, he said, "Well, there's been a couple of inquiries, but you know, nothing to talk about yet." And uh, I should have seen it coming based on the look on his face. So, you know, I guess our friendship isn't as good as I thought it was. That's okay. Um, so,
2: <laughs> <laughs> now so, it's it's still very strong, Jason. Still very strong. There's some things we can't, I couldn't talk about at the time. Yes, so yes you, you know.
0: Yes. Well. So so I know what the line is. You will not tell me anything. You're legally bound not to tell me. Got it. Okay. So uh, moving on. So let's talk about the reason for this merger or this acquisition. So uh, let's, each of you, ladies first. That's the process here right now. So Taya, tell me from your standpoint, what was the appeal of Snap Projections and why you wanted to uh, get hitched?
1: Okay. So uh, as I mentioned to you earlier um, in our conversation, um, I met Pavel over four years ago. He... Basically, sent me an email out of the blue and said that he had a financial planning tool uh, that he would like to demo for me. And I was uh, coming from having come from the Navi Plan world, I did not uh, really want to use Navi Plan in going forward. So I was literally creating a workbook out of Excel, and I had a report uh, made out of pages that. You know, had branded so I would do the calculation Excel and then fill in these fields in this report and then push it out to the clients. And Pavel showed it to me, and it was I had this hallelujah moment. It's exactly what I needed. It was uh, one screen overview, and uh, it was robust enough to be able to scenario plan really easily, and it handled split income taxation. Both in, in retirement, which is exactly what we were doing. so uh, we started using SNAP projections right away, and then over the last four years, our relationship developed. And then as we, after we joined CI, and CI and the subsidiary of CI have a very strong affinity to financial planning and to complex financial planning, this just made sense. Excellent. So here we are so- now.
0: Yeah. So it was not an overnight fling. It was a long-term <laughs> wooing of clients. Okay. Perfect. So yeah. And as for those of you who missed it, uh, Tay, you were acquired by, by CI back when, was it?
1: In January, 2019.
0: Yeah. So that was, uh, that was well after we spoke the first time on the podcast. Yes. Okay. So Pal, from your standpoint, what was the appeal of, of this uh, deal?
2: Well, I still mentioned this was a great relationship, and as we were joking uh, just before we started, it's a, uh, a long-distance relationship, It's a long-term relationship as well. But uh, it really, as I mentioned, it really started making sense. And from my uh, from my perspective, I mean, we've uh, it's been actually about five years since uh, since I started since I started Snap Projections. I was at a point that uh, we were we are growing basically the, the company on in you know, a self-funded way, right? So of course, there's a lot of challenges around it around uh, growing the business, especially fintech business, especially software based business uh, in that way. So I was basically started looking for uh, funding and partners, and we've uh, I pretty much went through all the different options, all the way from angel investors to VCS to private equity. Even personal loans, and I basically through, through this process, I realized that well, uh, we need more resources because I wanted to invest in the platform. I really want to uh, build a better product. I mean, build something uh, something really decent, I would say. But I think we can really add a lot more value for for advisors uh, by by improving the product, by further scaling the team, and uh, and really ensuring that our customer support and as as we call it actually customer success. Is very strong, and we can really double down on on that, and, and provide not just the platform, not just the tool, and how, and say how this is how you use it, but how do you become successful with that? So, with uh, so when TIA actually started the conversation, I thought well, the timing was perfect for us, and uh, that's probably one of the reason why we basically were able to discuss the details very quickly, and uh, and decided to work uh, much more closely together.
1: Actually, serendipitously, I approached Pavel exactly on our four-year anniversary.
2: (laughs) Um, That's true.
0: That that is hilarious. That uh, is (laughs) fantastic. All right. So basically, all right, you've been working together already as kind of a vendor and client relationship. Tell me about how do you see this evolving over time from both your standpoints? So so Taya, you know, besides buying out someone you were paying a check to before and no longer having to cut that check, <laughs> well how do you see the what, what Powell's built uh, helping you evolve what's going on at Wealth Park?
1: Well we've always had a very big emphasis on financial planning and we deliver comprehensive financial plans to a large segment of our clientele. And we continue to do that. And in addition to, you know, us being able to now, you know, serving all the advisors and uh, working with the advisors on our platform, it just made sense to basically own software that is going to eventually become what I want to see, which is a vision for a full practice management platform for an independent financial advisor. So back-end office of wealth management financial planning tools for marketing and share of wallet analysis and all of that stuff. So the advisors can truly focus on building relationships, prospecting, servicing their clients and not necessarily fiddling with back office processes or calculators. And that's really the vision to help the advisors uh, get more efficient and be able to effectively, you know, we talked about this before as well, but effectively service, you know, thousands of clients as opposed to hundreds of clients that they can do right now.
0: Okay. So, I mean, from your standpoint, it's safe to say that this was a, a required tool for basically giving you greater control over your own
1: destiny. Absolutely.
0: Okay, good. So, Powell, from your standpoint, what excites you the most about being able to work on that vision? Like, where, where do you think you can add the most value in that regard?
2: Yeah, I think this is a really good question. So, I mean, there's a lot of value we've, uh, we've been really uh, adding to advisors uh, over the last five years. And I think, I think it's worthwhile like, to stress that that it's, we're not really changing dramatically a lot of things a lot of things that snap at this point. I mean, this is really acceleration of, of what we've been doing, plus a huge opportunity work, uh, to work with Wellburn and with Cal. So, and from our standpoint, I mean, there's a lot of uh, value that we've uh, been able to generate for advisors all the way from, you know, just starting five years ago, which is real, the focus on retirement, estate, accumulation estate planning, and the accumulation Planning. i mean there's a lot of opportunities still i mean there's i think we we have fairly comprehensive platform at this point but but there's a lot more value uh, beyond that i mean i think if uh, jason has probably talked to so many times uh, about you know apis for example connectivity between between different systems i think the ability for us to actually work so closely that just opens up another opportunity to really look at a you know, number of things that I just mentioned. But plus from uh, from planning perspective, again, I mean, we have the insight what's happening in investment management and we can start integrating at some point. So two platforms. And again, I mean, we can we can really focus for um, that advisors are doing what they are doing, but just faster, easier, better, and they can better serve their clients. I think one thing that I wanted to add about the partnership is that I think there's, I think, Chinese proverb that says that, you know, if you want to go fast, go along, but if you want to go far, go together. And I think uh, this partnership is really uh, just, uh, for me, is just starting really, it's, it's a really a milestone and, and starting uh, on a relationship that can, you know, we can re- really build something amazing together.
1: We're gonna go far and fast right <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Well, it, it's not or yeah yeah we can we can go we can go fast I'm
0: not a believer in ors, I'm a believer in ends uh, and secondly uh, why is it there's always a Chinese proverb to fit every every situation.
1: <laughs> they've been around for six thousand plus years.
0: Oh, well, fair enough. <laughs> experienced a lot. There's no proverb guy in charge of that who's like supposed to make sure that this gets nurtured and there's always a category. Like we, we need a proverb for this case. Anyway, let's move <laughs> on. So let's let's talk about what that actually what some of this moving fast and far looks like when it's actually done. So we talked about you know your ability like specifically specifically talked about the ability to service like a thousand clients. Now I'm of I'm of two minds on this. At the end of the day, I'm a believer in things like the Dunbar number and Leibniz Law, which basically limits the amount of people we can actually deal with, but that's on a comprehensive, like very high-touch basis, right? You're on the other end of that spectrum. You're you're a you're a robo, which is meant to basically be designed for simplicity, speed, and mass marketing, right? Tell me about like how you envision the final kind of, you know, if you had your way, you know, now that Snap's on board and you can drive this agenda. But you idea your way, what's the end product experience look like from the client and advisor standpoint?
1: So it's interesting because I've always had this vision in my mind of a busy mom walking into her house with a bunch of groceries and getting a push notification from Wellbar that something, you know, some trigger has either RSP season started or TFSA contribution limit increased or it's time to deposit money into RESP or something and that she can react to it with one button and at the same time have access to an advisor if things aren't clear enough as to what she has to do or, or not have to do regarding, regarding that action. So it's basically... One-stop shop that is guided, that is as automated as possible on the routine tasks, but yet have that human safety net that lets you understand your finances in the context of your life and lets you move on with your life and not necessarily managing your finances. So that's very sort of storified vision where I, I envision... Financial planning, investments, insurance, mortgages, lines of credit, credit cards, personal finance solution for a Canadian household—all in one place with an advisor, a human advisor, that's technology-enabled as the quarterback. And for the advisors, yes, that part of that question. <laughs> I think that the way that I envision advisor of the future is to be slightly different than maybe perhaps the way that they work today. And move a little bit away from being the sole proprietor and the sort of the the marketer of the personal business and move further into the realm of professional salaried individual. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they won't both exist, but at least in our model, I envision my advisors to kind of be on the same level as my engineers and, you know, be kind of work use technology to do all of these tasks that advisors, let's face it, don't really like doing. They're not necessarily even good at it. And focus on, you know, really understanding how finance fits, keeping abreast of their field in terms of budgets and legislatures so that they really know how to advise clients in the moment in a just-in-time way.
0: I mean, it's interesting. I, um, you know, we're starting to see technologies that you know, leverage artificial intelligence and greater automation and algorithms start to push into financial planning software. Which, Powell, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions about that shortly. But it's it's interesting So when I talk about this, you know, I often get some advisors pushing back to almost feeling feeling angry about it because they feel like they're cheapening their experience and knowledge. When really, you know, what you're talking about, you said not necessarily liking it or not necessarily good at it. You know, we're talking about the heavy lifting work of financial planning, right? And these are things that, frankly, technology does a much better job than any individual, you know, typing their own personal spreadsheet ever will. So it's, it's interesting because a lot of ways, it's amazing, it's, it's funny, you embrace something else that threatens advisors yet again, threatened by robo-advisors, threatened by technology. But again, part of the prop, the reason I started this podcast was to bridge the gap to say, hey, no, this is technology that's going to enable you not, not, uh, not basically threaten you. Uh, and I think you're right, it's that. Again, human aspect that interaction, the handling of people that we will not be able to replace with technology, short of some really good general purpose (laughs) AI.
1: Yeah, and recently I actually read an article by Grant Hicks. He's uh, one of Canada's elite insurance focused advisors. And he had an article about wealth management uh, sorry, not wealth management, time management and how to move from being an average advisor to being an elite advisor. And the four tasks that he recommends that advisors stop doing or start doing less, and he has percentages of time that elite advisors do these tasks and the percentages of time that average advisor do these tasks versus the one that are actually making you money. The four tasks that he wants you to reduce spending time on are the four things that can be replaced by a robo-advisor. And I found that incredibly... like you know, back-end processes, researching investments, doing transactions, filling forms, all of these things. Like that's basically what my platform is. And like focus on servicing your clients, relationship building with your clients, because that's where the bread and butter is, right? That's what gets you, in the end, gets you more clients and gets you referral and keeps that connection. So I found it really interesting that even he actually recognized that in a roundabout way. I think the time will come when we, the twain will merge. Um, we have to just be patient and wait till we get the critical mass with the advisors. But I think there will be time when the technology will mature. And just like with anything, adoption will hit the majority and it will just go mainstream. I hope. I know I'm right. Well, I mean,
0: you're you're talking about, I think it's also partially generational in that you're talking about people who, you know, felt like their job was to get all this work done and they did that for 20, 30 years. And then you're telling them, no, your job's not to do that do the other stuff, right? And you know what some of us actually do like, you know, some people got into it because they did like thinking they could research investments or do the financial, do the heavy lifting on the planning and that was the skill set. But the reality is anything they can replace with an algorithm is not long-term viable and frankly is gonna be done more effectively by said algorithm in many cases, right? So I, I totally agree with that viewpoint, and you know this is a model. This is a model that exists elsewhere. The U.S. is more automated than we are, and Tamp, TAMP increase uh, Tamp model usage in the U.S. is increasing every year. And Tamps, basically, a lot of ways, just like Robos, they help you with the onboarding, the management, the rebalancing, all that stuff. Yeah. So Powell, now let's talk about your contribution to Taya's vision, <laughs> or your shared vision, uh, <laughs> as I as I joke around here. So you know. Basically, there's this is a tall order. So you're talking about accelerating the things you want to do. Tell me about tell me about some of the automation tasks or the way you're going to make you're, you're going to eliminate the friction and heavy lifting for the advisors' lives going forward.
2: Yeah. So again, that's uh, that's a really good question, Jason. So uh, let let me just start with uh, something. Just how we think about really about building the technology, right? Because it's I mean, there's one big vision, for example, this you know 10 year vision or 20 year vision. Hopefully, 10 year vision instead of 20 years or or, more, or longer. But just how we've built uh, and really how we've built the product so far is it's really it's not just the one feature that's going to change that's going to you know, adopt i don't know make a big change for for example in the workforce for for advisors but it's just it's really uh, constant attention making those small adjustments small enhancements to the product that basically ends up being uh, offering a great experience so for example the one thing that's about Snap. I mean, how are we thinking about implementing that? Well, it's it just uh, planning is different than investment management. There is a lot of, you know, there is a lot of qualitative information and, and quantitative information that you have to take into account. But when you're dealing with qualitative information, it's really difficult to design one algorithm for basically handling all those different cases. So uh, the one thing that I think we've done really well is just we basically design the software as just with heading this one page view. So advisors can, for example, see, okay, well, this is after entering all the information uh, and it's a fairly streamlined process, they get to this one planning page, and then they get to, for example, uh, they see what's, uh, the, what's, what the platform would recommend, for example, in terms of withdrawals from, uh, from uh, in retirement but they get to also make decisions about it. They can make changes. So, And and that's one thing that's really critical, especially planning uh, retirement and uh, especially retirement income planning. You're dealing with many different sources of income. You could be dealing with, I don't know, Eight, 10, even more sources of income, all the way from CPP uh, to OAS to, uh, let's say, defined benefit pension plan, uh, defined contribution pension plan, RST accounts, TFSA accounts, non-registered, maybe holding company, there's dividends, maybe salary, and so on. So ability, for example, for the advisor, take a look at every single situation, let's say, after let, let's assume that at this, uh, we can get the data in into the software and import the, uh, the data into the software automatically from, from the investment um, uh, side. Now we can- I should we hope get you to, can okay, do okay, that yeah, now is- that
0: you're owned by Snap Projection. <laughs> so let's just hope oh, that, that's that saying, to right? the top of your list. <laughs>
2: Yeah, so, so this is the first step. It's an easy step, right? But uh, it's basically once we have the data, yeah, then we can basically start looking and, and, and make, making those adjustments. And in a lot of cases, it actually takes an advisor to make those adjustments. I don't really think we can really have a fully automated tool that uh, that can provide every single, Provide this best, uh, let's say, best, best solution for every single case. It's all about uh, providing recommendations to the advisor. So I think there is a large opportunity for us to basically make this process even better. And that's what we're planning to do really capitalize on expanding on this one page view that, that we have right now in staff projections. Another thing is, I mean, of course. There's a lot of uh, a lot of challenges around uh, data entry, so that's one thing about for example generating multiple scenarios i mean that's one thing that's again it's not really shines. and you can for example, create multiple different scenarios very quickly let's say you have one scenario and you're you're for example talking with a client about maybe an alternative approach instead of. Thinking about, I don't know, applying some rules, rules of thumb that you should be riffing at 71, for example. Well, you can test another scenario very quickly. And I think that's another opportunity that we're going to expand the platform. It's all about really taking away, just making planning really pleasant and easy to use, right? It's, it's, we don't have to use, you know, all complex Tools with lots of inputs and and and, uh, it's all about making sure that information that we're making uh, that we're they're using to make decisions is right in front of us. So that's how really I'm I'm thinking about uh, developing further developing the the platform. I mean, of course, from our perspective, we have I don't know 600 700 feature requests on the list right now, and we're very careful about how we are uh, picking and prioritizing the different features. But again the future focus for us APIs. I mentioned this already right decumulation so a lot more focus on decumulation uh stress testing and uh, of the portfolio and uh, for example things like we've looked we've been looking at quite for quite a while at monte carlo and some some of the issues around around stress testing so i think that's a one huge area that we haven't really explored that much that i want to spend a little bit more time so um Again, I mean, there is, uh, as I said, there was a lot of opportunity for us to basically still work with Wilbur and, and make sure that we can capitalize on the relationship and further expand on, on the platform and on its capabilities.
0: Yeah, so a couple of couple things that could cover a lot. So, I mean, let me, let me correct my previous statement in that the algorithm is better at doing the heavy lifting, but the human being is still involved in making sure it's going to actually match up with the client's reality. So, it can give us the various options you talked about. In a faster, better, more effective way. And a couple of other things too, like I complimented you on this last time. First time I looked at your software, I thought, well, this is an online spreadsheet. And then I thought to myself, that's the genius of the it. Smart spreadsheet. it. It's not <laughs> exactly. It's, yeah, it's, it's like everything is, you know, you, it's so many planning softwares, you work through all these different screens to end up getting to a final screen that basically allows you to audit everything. You've built the audit into the interface, so that's smart. Also, I think the approachableness of the entire thing is significantly better than other ones, right? Like you said, overly complex and it can be difficult. And you know, I think the so you, you kind of you've razor the entire thing. You've kept it simple. You've kept it uh, focused. And I think that makes it far more approachable. And I think one of the things I, you know, the two major pushbacks on advisors who have been in this business for a long time who don't do comprehensive planning has always been, quite frankly, uh, A, it, well, there's a bunch of excuses, but A, it takes forever. Well, you've shortened the span of that. And I think it's only going to get shorter from that from, from here on out. B, it's too complicated and they get intimidated by the software. You don't have that problem. And C, you know, it takes too long, which again, keeping it simple helps and is straightforward. helps helps uh, do that and provide high value. So good. So this, uh, you know, marriage is a couple months in. Uh, things are going well. And I expect big things from you people. So keep it up. Um.
1: <laughs> so, I think um, everyone and I expect uh, really good things from ourselves. So we're both very overachievers. So it's, uh, it's a good thing.
0: Good. I mean, honestly, when uh, I saw the announcement, I thought, well, that's a great badger in a non-sarcastic tone. Like, I sound a little bit sarcastic there. I don't want to come out that way.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so Jason. <laughs> the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. So normally uh, I talk, I ask you individually more questions, but you know we're going to run super long if I do that. But here's the thing. So we're going to get, wrap up my three, my three questions, which I'm going to ask to both of you. And so that will take us well beyond the more than half an hour we normally do. So the first question I have for both of you, and again, Tay, go first. If you had one wish for something that can change in your business, in the industry uh, as a whole, or if the, the world as a whole, what would it be?
1: The level of financial literacy in an average Canadian would go up tenfold.
0: Well, yeah.
1: That's my uh, wish.
0: You know, it's interesting. Is we, I read a study that said that we actually scored amongst the top in the world in financial literacy, but that score was still a C minus. Uh, so, well, yeah, we're, uh, it's congratulations. We won a race of people who lost. So, yeah, we that definitely needs to, to have. Yeah,
1: being the best of the worst is still not good.
0: <laughs> no, I, I, agree. I agree. You
1: know, people tell me who my biggest competitor is, and I always say the lack of education, like the lack of understanding and the lack of, and, and people, through no fault of their own, buying into fads and marketing and sensationalism of the media and not really like, you know, financial planning and investment management is a slow and boring process. If it's exciting, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. uh, I often say, you know, when I, when I teach, I often say like, so you've seen you know movies about people running money in Hollywood. Yeah. Ignore all that. It's all a lie. Like it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. And we don't pretend for it to work that way. And this is where I actually take issue with the commercials that the CPAs put out about how like they live this, like you ever seen these ones where like they're on helicopters and on top of job sites and doing all this other stuff. And it's like, no, you're at a computer inputting numbers. Stop <laughs> pretending that you are like an action hero. Like this is not true. Anyway, so Pavel, your, your wish.
2: My wish. Uh, you know, what? I'm going to be uh, focused really uh, very much on financial planning. What, I would like to change one thing in the tax system. And uh, it's one a subtle thing, change, but it's going to... Just one uh, thing? One thing. So, if I'm going to pick one thing, I'm going to say that let's assess taxation on a household level versus individual level, because <laughs> as as much as, as uh, you know, we spent five years building financial planning software, it doesn't really make sense, to, and it's not fair to basically assess taxation on an individual level. It's so problematic and it creates so many issues. For example, I mean the pension income splitting, income splitting, attribution rules, their uh, spousal, for example, loans. I mean, there's so many different planning, you know, practices that basically have been developed only really to patch an actual system that has been not architected in the right way. So if I would uh, have one wish, let's change that and let's go from there.
0: So yeah, I, I that's one of the top things on my list in terms of tax reform. Uh, having looked at, for those of you in the U.S. listening to this podcast, you're like, what do you mean you can't tax at a household level? Well, welcome to Canada. We, we have a bunch of things backwards, usually enough. So yeah, when I saw that in the U.S., I started, you know, doing the U.S. CFP, I started thinking about what the, the merits of it or if it was right or wrong and whatever else. And frankly, yeah, it just, it makes so much sense. It fails to individual taxation fails to take into account the contribution of stay-at-home spouses who, frankly, if not for you know, them staying at home and taking care of various other household affairs, other people such as myself, like entrepreneurs, my wife is not a stay-at-home spouse, but nevertheless, you know, would not be able to achieve the things that they can without the support, right? It's just, it makes, it makes little to no sense in my mind. And small fact, it was a small interesting point. Uh, the Carter Commission in the 70s, which established our current tax paradigm in Canada, actually initially recommended that, and it was not followed. And then one last side note for the record, a very well-known tax aficionado in this country, when I spoke to him about, are they ever going to look at this? He said, no. And I'm like, well, why is it? What's the reticence? He goes, you're not going to believe this. But this should, by the way, this should outrage every feminist in the world. They said, well, they're afraid that if they do that, it's going to encourage more women to stay at home. I was like, that's the most condescending thing I've ever heard said in tax policy.
1: That makes no sense. Okay, whatever. So anyone
0: from CRA listening to this or finance listening to this, which is probably next to none, just please get your heads out of your butts on this point. Uh, Powell is right. Anyway, and that, and we, we need a new Carter Commission, that's a different story. The Unfortunately, the tax code's only getting worse, not better. So, second point, and actually the second question, Powell, uh, which I'm gonna ask, may actually come out of taxes, but we'll come back to that. Second question, what is the biggest challenge you face in scaling to where you are today? Uh, Taya, you first.
1: Can I say lack of financial literacy again? <laughs>
0: Because I think you're I think you're absolutely right there. I think that with proper financial literacy, the demand for everything you deal would be significantly higher, wouldn't it?
1: Exactly. So basically, I set out to introduce a dose of benevolence into financial industry with our product offering and our fiduciary responsibility, even though this isn't you know a word that all the PR managers tell you never to use on a client-facing or public-facing podcast or media. But basically we have best interest of our clients at our heart and we have tenants, best interest duties, a tenant of wealth Bar from day one, even though it's looking like the regulators are going to actually make it, a, make it a legal concept. Uh-huh. But it's, yes, if everybody knew what I know, they would clearly choose Wealthbar.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Way to give yourself a ring endorsement. <laughs> So, uh, Powell, what is your answer? And you can say tax code if you want.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think it's going to be tax. I mean, tax, uh, well, I think we can uh, get uh, get around to tax. But uh, I think the challenge, this is kind of interesting, right? Because it's uh, for us, uh, scaling a company in a self-funded way, that was a huge challenge for me, right? Just being able to invest the team and in the product. It was very really essentially lack of resources, and uh, that's essentially largely solved with the partnership, right? I mean, we basically uh, not too many people know probably that, that I started a company back in Edmonton, Alberta, and then about two years ago we moved to uh, Ontario. Then I just basically moved the company to Ontario, especially incorporating another company in Ontario, and uh, and I was basically ready to I was looking to to partner up, and to, was essentially looking for resources, looking for a right partner. And uh, yeah, so the timing was perfect for that. And I don't think, I mean, I don't know what's going to be next challenge for, for, for us on the list, but uh, I think that one of the biggest challenges for me was basically a lack of resources, which is largely addressed by, by the partnership.
0: Yep, not, um, I've seen a grand total of one financial planning software ever attract a check from a VC. And it's, it's, <laughs> you know, they, they do not look at it as the exponential growth market that it should be like that, because frankly, if people had the financial literacy, Piece down, it would be an exponential growth uh, industry. Okay,
2: absolutely, and and, you know, Jason, I think this is. For sure. I mean, this is not an industry where you can pull, when you can basically deploy 10 million and get 10x return within three years, right? Yeah. I think there is a lot of opportunity for, I mean, there's even education, even for example, it's not about here's the platform, here's the tool, but I mean, we've launched our podcast essentially, what, 18 months ago, maybe a little more, just uh, 2018. We've had over 80,000 people downloading and listening to the podcast in a, such a small industry. I was actually shocked. There's a huge need for for education, as not even, not not just in the consumer market, but even for advisors, it's uh, developing co- developing a so- developing software product or platform is one thing, but you know the another thing is actually basically showing people, this is how you use it. This is how, how we can be effective with this. This is how you change, basically, the mindset of advisors, as you said earlier in the conversation, right? People were trying to do something different, I don't know, uh, 20 years ago, and then they, there was a massive mindset. They have to basically adopt a new reality. So that's why the traditional investing that may work in, I don't know, Silicon Valley uh, for global businesses, it's not, be, it's not going to work for you know in a fintech space, especially fintech space in Canada.
0: No, it's difficult. I know mean, even the U.S. has been difficult, but nevertheless. So the only question I have to follow up that one is, uh, how many of those downloads are my episode? <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> sorry, what's the I mean, I'm just highly, dis- I'm just highly competitive. Sorry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, we've uh, you've been doing very well. You've been doing very well. I think it's number one still. So it's, yeah, you've done you've done something very very well. <laughs>
0: I managed to for everybody. That's fantastic. So the uh, the last question to ask you both, and uh, financial you can't be your a- a- answer again. Jaya, uh, <laughs> is what excites you and gets you out of bed, keep keep going every morning, and do what it is you're doing.
1: Oh, that's definitely not financial literacy. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is the the way that industry is changing, and I think that the level of automation and the and the technology prolification that I can see on the horizon. You know, not, not very many people know that I attempted to do something like this with Chris back in 2001. And we were actually going to incorporate a company called FinTech Inc. <laughs> 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 so I, I, remember I, sent a, I sent a request to a mutual fund company and I can't remember which one it was, but I sent a request for data feeds, for electronic data feeds, did and they, they
0: said, laugh? <laughs> and then they just turn around and start laughing?
1: Well, no, they said, yeah, sure, no problem. And I was just shocked as to how easily they agreed to do this. And so three days later, I received via ICS a CD with PDF statements.
0: <laughs> uh, so They didn't understand like, the word feed. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> And I was, I was also a bit shocked at the lack of questions that they asked as to like, okay, where we're going to send the feed. you know Maybe our IT department should call your IT department or something. But no, they, they, so they sent me this and I said, okay, I don't think that the industry is ready. I don't think that the clients are ready. So we're going to park this for a while. And then we resurrected it in 2000, late 2011 and incorporated it in 2012. So, so what really excites me... That despite the fact that it took ten years longer than I thought, it's actually coming. And because fintech or financial services is such a heavily regulated and very, actually, domain is relatively difficult for tech industry. Mm. We were slow adopters of the tech revolution, so it took us. You know, dot com started in two thousands, and Facebook launched in two thousand and seven. And fintech didn't actually gain their legs until early 2010s. But it's a, it's a really, really interesting world to be in financial services industry. And the way that I can see that even AI um, will play some part in not too distant future in certain transactions in financial services industry is really, really exciting.
0: I love I can only imagine if they had said no problem we'll send you that data feed by courier <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah they didn't say that they didn't say by courier which way I'm like, oh, <laughs> like
0: what do you mean you're surprised by the way something by courier? <laughs> oh god okay I could I could laugh, laugh about that the rest of the day um, same question to you pal what excites you the most about what it is you're working on and keeps
2: you going every day. Yeah, it's going to be uh, relatively similar to what I would mention. I mean, fundamentally for for me, the things that that really excite me is just really helping people and having impact and helping people. That's really, you know, when we started, uh, actually before even writing first code for Snap Projections, I, I, I thought, well, first of all, I want to have a problem that I can work for 10 years plus. And financial planning, and, and really uh, helping improve the industry. That that seemed like a great problem to solve, and we started with financial planning. So we are working with advisors, and we managed to help tens of thousands of of uh, Canadian consumers right now. And I think we can we can scale up to millions at this point. So so that's definitely. That's definitely motivating. And having impact, I mean, that's another thing. The industry is changing right in front of our eyes. I mean, FPAC is being launched right now, Jason, and uh, so thank you for that. And I I very much think uh, about what we're doing as sort of arming the rebels. And uh, and by the rebels, I mean the independent financial advisors because a very healthy independent channel, I believe, is really critical to the health of the financial services uh, industry here in Canada. So that's uh, that's really uh, incredibly exciting to see the impact and, and uh, I feel grateful for for being able to be part of it.
0: So finding the rebels. so funny funny side note when I was working on starting the financial planning association of Canada we had the first group and we had our slack channel the original logo was a pirate flag uh, and then I quickly changed it to the um, Logo, temporary logo, until we had a real one. was a pirate flag, and then I quickly changed it to the logo for the Rebel Alliance from Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> I, be, go, I, was, I, was I was going to be joking Wars here War, somewhere. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, uh, you know, you, you, can, you can make a guess of who the Empire is in Canada, uh, or Empires are. <laughs> very, very intent on up the Death Star while we're at it. So, um, <laughs> so both of you, thank you very much for coming on. I think this is the most laughing I've done on any podcast, <laughs> so it's very, very appreciative. And, uh, and, and, and I now have a new anecdote about currying data feeds that is going to be retold across the industry. So
2: that is fantastic. <laughs> Thank you for that.
1: Yeah. awesome. Thanks for having us. All right.
2: Thanks. Take care. And best. That was team. a lot of fun, Jason. Yeah. Thanks so much. Bye bye.
1: Cheers. Bye.
0: So that was my interview with Taya Nichol and Powell Brzminski. I hope you enjoyed that. I particularly hope you enjoyed the joke about the data feed arriving on a CD as a bunch of PDF documents. That that is a anecdote that will live in infamy forever now. Uh, so as always, if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, I'm Jason Pereira. Take care. This podcast was brought to you by Woodgate Financial, an award-winning financial planning firm catering to high net worth individuals and their families. To learn more, go to woodgate.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, or find more episodes at fintechimpact.co.